I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome back to the podcast and this full-length audiobook presentation of Red Sin, book number one of the Sin series, written by New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author Aletha Romig, and read to you by Samantha Prescott and Stephen Dexter. And now, episode 26 of Red Sin. Chapter 26. Van. Even though I'd gotten up twice throughout the night to add wood to the fire, I woke to the chill of the air upon my face. Julia's soft curves and flat planes brought more than warmth to my body beneath the blankets. As I reached for her, I had a moment of concern, worried that Julia was sore and worn out from my insatiable desires. Perhaps they weren't insatiable, but they'd been backed up by years of denial. Finding her was the final crack in the dam of restraint. Now the flood was out of control. With her round ass beside me, I turned, spooning her warm body. Her long blonde hair tickled my nose, and my cock was coming to life. Despite her soft, measured breathing, my hands roamed, caressing and stroking until her long lashes fluttered and she whispered my name in that sleepy, just-awakened voice. I've got you, I whispered against her ear as she wiggled, pushing herself back as I pushed forward. My eyes rolled with pleasure as together, with my pushing forward and her pressing backward, my dick became sheathed by her perfect pussy. Tell me no, I prompted. Julia shook her head. Don't stop, Van. Wrapping my arms around her, I moved slower than last night in front of the fire and again in the bed. With Julia in my arms, surrounded by the cool morning air, for once that I could recall, I wasn't in a hurry. The urgency from before dissipated like the vapors from our words as we found pleasure in one another in what Julia called our snow globe. With one of her breasts in each of my hands, I tweaked her nipples as I continued moving in and out. She leaned forward and pressed her hips back, taking me deeper than before. Her fingers gripped the sheet as I took her, slow and steady. Oh, God, Van, faster. A smile came to me as I slowed, purposely teasing her. Her legs wiggled as she pushed toward me. Each time she did, I backed away, keeping us connected, barely. I pulled out and rolled her toward me. Julia's blue eyes swirled as they met mine. Are you trying to tease me by not letting me come? I am. Her lower lip came forward in the cutest pout as her gaze turned sultry. I took a deep breath as her fingers wrapped around my cock, moving up and down. I tugged her hand away. Oh, beautiful. My coming isn't in question. I leaned back on my heels with my erect cock bobbing between us. Merry Christmas, I said with a grin. I know what I want. What do you want? I want to watch you come. I pushed her ankles back, exposing her core. Show me how you masturbate. 
Her eyelids grew heavy, and her breaths came quicker as she contemplated my request. I reached for her hand and led it to her core. Do I need to repeat my gift request? What if I told you that I don't? That you don't masturbate? I scoffed. I wouldn't believe you. Up until recently, I lifted my eyebrows. Very recently, you've had an extremely unsatisfying sex life. She took a deep breath before her fingers found her clit, rubbing circles, slow at first. Julia was stunning as her blue orbs lost focus. Her fingers moved faster as her breaths came quicker. Faster still, her legs stiffened. It was as she tightened her torso, pushing her pelvis upward, that I seized her hand, stopping her display. Her eyes opened wider. Hey, you're a sadist. No, I'm not. I have it from here. I encouraged her to move onto her hands and knees. With her perfect ass in the air, I stopped teasing and plunged deep inside. Julia screamed out, burying her face into the pillow as all at once she imploded, her body strangling my cock as her arms and legs trembled. Making her wait had the result I wanted. The orgasm that overtook her came fast, but it wasn't short-lived. Julia was still shaking as I plunged in and out, finding my own release. Slowly, I separated our connection, lying beside her and pulling her to me until we were nose to nose. Just catching her breath, Julia filled the cabin with giggles and sighs as she lifted her arms around my neck. Oh, that was so mean. She finally said, a huge smile overtaking her face. I'll never do it again. Her head shook. Oh my God, if you don't, I'm divorcing you. I've never come that hard. Good news, your unsatisfying sex life is over. That is good news, she said, dropping her face on my bare chest. I should go feed the fire, I said. Mm, don't leave me. Her eyes opened as she lifted her chin to make eye contact. What is on our agenda? Spend the entire day like this? Mm, I like that. I'd love to do another hike. It was cold and hard to walk in the snow, and at the same time, I loved every minute of it. There's plenty of untouched land around the house, and I have an easier way to travel. We're going back to the house, she pouted. The house has internet and cell service. I like the unconnectability of our snow globe. The house also has showers, I offered. Good point, but is it bad that I want to stay hidden here with you through today? She leaned back and looked at me closer. Do you need to get back for work? <laughs> Do I need? My only needs are to make you happy. If hiking here will make you happy, then that's what we'll do. Back in the garage, I have snowmobiles. We can explore my land and out on the bay. There are trails everywhere. Her eyes opened wide. On the bay? Is it safe? We should probably wait a week or two, but the ice here gets thick enough to drive from the mainland to Madeline Island up near the Apostle Islands. 
She shook her head and smiled. What if I told you I've never ridden on a snowmobile? A smile curled my lips. Maybe we should construct a list of all these firsts. First time to have sex, first time to have an off-the-chart orgasm, first time cutting down of a Christmas tree. Her small finger came to my lips. Hearing you say all of those firsts makes me think I've never really lived. Oh, you've lived, beautiful. Now you're alive. As she curled against me and my arms surrounded her, I questioned my presence. Is Julia McGrath truly a gift I don't deserve? Was she lost on a snow-covered road on the outskirts of my property to save me from myself and my lonely exile? Will she save me? Is it fair to ask her to do that? I ran my hand over her loose, long hair, smoothing it away from her beautiful face. Has my penitence been paid? Do I deserve to move forward, or will I bring Julia down and ruin her like I do anyone else who makes the mistake of trusting me? Wade Pharmaceutical came to mind. I'd told the truth. The perceived value of Wade Pharmaceutical had stabilized. It would take a good faith measure on my part to not only stop the bleeding that Julia's broken engagement had started and my purchase of stock had exacerbated, but increase the value. If I didn't make that move this next week, it could be too late. Later in the morning, I stood in my boots, jeans, and coat, waiting in the cold morning air. With her nude body wrapped in a blanket and wearing her snow boots, Julia stepped out of the outhouse and grinned. She had her long hair piled on top of her head in a large bun, as she'd done last night after our hike. <sighs> that warm shower might not be a bad idea she said with a grin. The sky above us was beginning to fill with light. Unlike the clear day we'd had yesterday, growing gray clouds shone pink on the eastern horizon. What are you thinking? She asked as I stared out at the pink morning. More snow is coming. We have enough food to stay here. After all, there's no decoration at the house. There's a wreath? She leaned toward me. I'll be snowed in with you wherever you want. Her eyes opened wider. Mrs. Mayhand prepared us a holiday dinner with turkey breast and delicious sides. The food I'd brought paled in comparison. Once we're home, if you want to go for a hike or ride, I volunteer to be your tour guide. She bounced on the toes of her boots as we went back to the cabin. I accept, and I want to ride the snowmobile. Can I drive? I shook my head. That's a first that can wait. After dressing, eating the muffins I'd bought at my favorite bakery in Bayfield, and drinking some fresh coffee, Julia and I took the time to strip the bed and make it with fresh sheets. She took the dirty ones out to the truck. We'd wash them at home, and I'd bring them back here. We collected all of our food. The reason I kept soup out here was because in the cans it didn't attract animals or bugs. There weren't bugs in the winter, but there were animals. Black bears weren't as common as they used to be in these parts, and currently they'd be hibernating. Nevertheless, I didn't want any other mammal to smell food and make himself at home. After I poured water over the remaining hot coals, I took Julia's hand before going out to the truck.
The tree was still standing in the corner, covered in decorations. Should we undecorate and take it outside? She asked. Common sense told me that we should. The small fraction of a romantic in me considered coming back for the new year. Maybe by then I'd have a ring to present to my fiancé. I took a deep breath. I say we leave it for now. Julia nodded. We can come back here any time. This place holds wonderful memories. It was completely new for me to think of memories with a smile. New memories. Those were what I wanted with Julia. As we drove away from the cabin and toward the house, my mind was filled with places where I could lead Julia on my land and on the trails beyond. Each vista and outlook came to my thoughts, wanting the perfect place for the perfect woman. With my mind in an unusually positive place, I didn't notice the tire tracks until we came to the driveway before the house. I stopped the truck before driving onto the cement. Fuck, I should have closed the gate near the main road. Someone has been here. Julia sat forward. Mrs. Mayhand? She wouldn't come on Christmas. Julia's gaze widened. Her son-in-law? I'll park the truck. Before we go inside, let me check the security. I pushed the button, opening one of the garage doors. Could whoever it is be inside? Julia asked. No, no one could get inside without tripping the security, I said, hoping I was right. My pulse sped up as I pulled my phone from the cup holder. I turned it off to save the battery, since I'd left it in the truck. I hit the power button. The screen came to life. I hit the security icon and let out a breath. No one is inside. What if it was my parents? If it was, they found us gone. Julia's smile dimmed. I don't want to go back with them. You're an adult. You don't have to go any place you don't want to. She reached for my hand. I see that now. You helped me see it. Let's go. While I was confident that the house was safe, I wasn't sure who had been here, making their way onto my private property all the way to my home. My phone vibrated in my hand with numerous notifications, text messages, and emails. I shook my head. Most were from my legal team and a few missed calls from Connie, my assistant, beginning yesterday afternoon. Whatever the fuck was going down was looking for me. I needed to face it. Donovan Sherman didn't hide or back away. Once we were inside and had our coats hung in the front closet, I laid a kiss on Julia's head. I have messages to return. Her eyes narrowed. My phone is upstairs. If your messages are about Wade or my family, will you tell me? I'll never lie. Julia nodded. I'll go shower and change clothes. My eyes stayed fixed on her as she walked away, up the staircase and toward the south wing. There was more to what I'd said. I wouldn't lie, however, some things will never be said. I headed toward my office as I hit the button to call Connie. She answered right away. This is Christmas, I said. You're supposed to be celebrating. Mr. Sherman? Her concern-filled tone held my attention. It's about Philip. When I failed to reply, she clarified. Philip Thomas. 
I closed the door to my office as heat began to build beneath the layers of my clothing. Gritting my teeth, I asked, What about him? He saw the announcement of your impending engagement. Running my free hand over my hair, I gripped the phone tighter. I don't care what my brother reads. I didn't want to bother you with this, yesterday or today, but he was upset, demanding to speak to you. He sounded... off. I explained that you were unreachable. We haven't spoken in a decade. He said if he isn't able to speak to you about his issue with you marrying, he'll speak to your new fiancé. Over my dead body. Did you give him either of our private numbers? I asked. No, I wouldn't do that. I wanted you to know what he said. Now I knew. Despite the irritation Connie's information rekindled, the saying, don't shoot the messenger, came to mind. Taking a deep breath, I replied, Thank you, Connie. Let me know if he calls again. I will. And sir, Mr. Fields has been trying to reach you. Thank you. I'll call him next. And there was no doubt that Julia's goodness was affecting me. Have a good holiday. Thank you, she said with the sound of relief. You too, Mr. Sherman. As I disconnected the call, I realigned my thoughts. If a confrontation with Philip occurred, it wouldn't end over my dead body. It would end over his. The end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Red Sin, book number one of the Sin series. Written by New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author Aletha Romig and read to you by Samantha Prescott and Stephen Dexter. You can find out more about Aletha Romig and her books at aletharomig.com. Find out more about the show at steamystoriesforwomen.com.